Hi everyone, welcome to Season 2 of Life-Changing Science, the BioBuilder podcast. I'm your host Zeeshan Siddiqui and joining me today is Tian Shi. Tian is a senior at Georgetown University pursuing a bachelor's in biology with a concentration in biochemistry and cellular biology. She's also minoring in cognitive science and holds a certificate in entrepreneurship. She has also recently published a book titled Exceptionally Average Through Their Eyes. Tian's interest in healthcare consulting, pharmaceuticals, and biotechnological entrepreneurship has led her to pursue a career focused on the intersection between the hard sciences and society. Let's find out more and dive right into this episode. I'm really interested in asking you about your biobuilder experience, because I believe you you started off with biobuilder in high school and you worked on, a, you know, you worked, I think it was over a summer project and I'm sure you learned a lot from there. So this, which, which grade were you in when you first got exposed to biobuilder? Was it year nine, year 10? So I was going into my last year of high school. I was a senior at Northfield Mount Hermon School and I got exposed to BioBuilder right. Somehow I was signed up for it. Um, I was doing a University of Chicago summer camp in neuroscience. And right after I was doing BioBuilder. And the project I was doing in BioBuilder was related to something I studied in the University of Chicago. So in the University of Chicago, I was looking at how dopamine affects our human bodies because there was this little coffee shop at the bottom of the dorms that we would all go to for like our breakfast coffees, our afternoon pickups. First of all, nobody should be drinking coffee at like 17 years old. But when I was drinking coffee, I was just very much like affected by the coffee because it was one of like the best but strongest coffees I've ever had in my entire life. I would drink like a small cup at 11 a.m. And at 1 a.m., I'm still like jittery. I'm still bouncing off the walls like a little unscrewed little kid in high school in a college dorm. So I really was interested on how caffeine affects our dopamine levels and how that consequently affected our human bodies. So having, really, having not really understood it in my time at University of Chicago, I came to BioBuilder and that idea was somehow still in my head. I um, I was doing research with Anna Crudel on synthetic organisms, and I was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be cool for us to understand our internal neurochemistry by using synthetic cells that can be easily reprogrammed and put on the skin because they're also cells? So doing more research in dopamine, I realized that dopamine is affected by all sorts of external things like caffeine, and that in turn affects our longevity. Because if you drink two to three cups of coffee a day, you can increase your lifespan by, I think, 10 years, which is very, very surprising to a lot of coffee drinkers and not so surprising to people who don't drink coffee. So with that, I wanted to create an organism that can be easily manipulated so we can so it can actually intake our dopamine levels from the skin. But Natalie said that it was too complicated and for our final project, it was tabled and I had to work on something else. But that idea kind of still stuck with me because it's really, really hard to forget something that, first of all, you're truly passionate about. Second of all, you're about to do your AP bio class in high school because that's sitting on your head. And third of all, the lab central second floor was just newly renovated and sitting in a pristine 
like world-class lab as a little kid it was just the most amazing thing ever so the idea stuck with me which is how it kind of led to my company that I built after I published my book in college. Wonderful so we're going to get to the company uh, very soon but I thought I'll just ask you a few more questions about that bible experience um, I, I can I, I do agree with the you know in high school just going to go to like having the opportunity to, to go to a state-of-the-art lab it's it's really really it would be such a cool experience you feel like that would have been your first experience as i guess like you would have truly felt like a scientist and yeah it was yeah. definitely the first experience i had like being a scientist because my high school notoriously had a really really dusty creaky spiral filled science lab so stepping from that and like dusting out cobwebs as my job in high school to like going to stay with the art lab, looking at the resources, being the first ones to step behind the tape to actually see the place definitely left an impression on me. I know that BioBuilder adopts the, you know, the design build test cycle to engineer biology, right? Do you think that uh, experience over the summer, did those two weeks, was that maybe you think your first exposure, obviously thinking like a scientist, but thinking like an entrepreneur. I mean, you've mentioned uh, in, in your book that you like, you know, creating things. And I think that was your first time creating with biology. Um, but if you do you look back at that time and think, wow, that's maybe the first time maybe my entrepreneurial genes were induced. <laughs> well, right now, it definitely is the first time thinking back that my entrepreneurship spirit was kind of leveled because not only did I have to create something that I was proud of, I had to pitch myself to Natalie, pitch myself to the other professors we were working with, be shut down, and I had to pivot my idea to make it something different and understandable and realistic. Perfect. And you'll be applying those same sort of ideas and concepts now in your everyday life. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. You know, once you have a crazy idea that you're really passionate about, you know, it's, it's always itching at the back of your brain. And what made you come back uh, to the dopamine project? I never really thought that I could be a biologist because, um, so I started BioBuilder with my idea in 2017, going into my senior year of high school. Going into college, I had to apply under a certain discipline in college. And I am very, very indecisive and I can't make up my mind. So when I was applying to colleges, I put every single subject on a piece of paper and just went, let's do biology. So the project kind of stuck with me because I was still in that sphere of thinking. Um, but my first class as a freshman at Georgetown University, I majored in biology, took a foundations in biology course, and I got the exam back after studying for like days on end with my roommate, with every single study group. I got my exam back in this room filled with 200 people and it was a 59%. In high school, I was a 99.95% student and everyone come to me for help. So that was startling. Kind of moving forward, I never really got better academically, but I still really liked the subject. It was really interesting. I liked where I was going with it, but I knew I wasn't going to be pre-med because if you stuck me in the operation room, I'll be the first one to faint without anesthesia. 
And two, I'm never going to be the kid with the best grades in the class. But I had other skills. I like talking to people. I like connecting with people. I like making things. I like making things work, even though I might not have the best brain to come up with something that's completely like revolutionary. So kind of losing track of what you asked me, but biology stuck with me throughout my course in college because I was a biology major and over the pandemic, I was trying to find a passion project. I got really, really tired writing my book because it's basically doing the same thing for like 60 hours a week. So I was like, let me just like try to find something else. And the biometer project was still in the back of my brain because I always found it interesting, but I never really had the initiative to go back to it. So I really had to have a reason to go back to it. So when the opportunity came, when I published my book, I wanted to continue like a passion project on the side. That truly meant something to me. So I went back to it and it didn't work out. What, what's the first step of going back to it? Do you, did you approach Natalie? Did you approach uh, someone at BioBuilds? I started thinking about it aggressively in April of 2021. I started asking my entrepreneurship mentors for advice. And I thought in May, it's a really, really good opportunity for me to email Natalie. So I found her email address and put it in a new draft for an email. And six months went by and I went back. The email was still sitting there. I didn't want to say. <laughs> so I think it was in the new year of 2022. And I said, New Year's resolutions, let me just have zero drafts. So I reached back out to her <laughs> because when I initially wanted to reach out to her, it wouldn't be the same message I would have said when I reached out to her again because in the first part it was still a very very new idea nothing has changed in the past four years I really want to do something with it but I didn't have any concrete thoughts so it would be a waste of both her time and my time to kind of reach out saying like remember me so I reached out to her when I actually made some progress and I had a concrete idea that I was going for it's obviously quite difficult to get a biotech idea or symbio idea uh, off the ground um, but what would you think what would you say are during that process of trying to come up with the, but approaching the science angle of forming this company, what do you think are the top two or three things that you learned? Not necessarily the business side of things, but about yourself as an entrepreneur. I am persistent. I have a very good relationship building skills. And I'll come back to you for the third one. So I am persistent. I I'm very, very good at cold outreach and just scheduling calls and talking to people. Like, for example, yesterday and today, it was like 10 hour days, just talking to people, just trying to like network with people, learn about their experience, do like try and figure out, have a goal in mind, but know exactly what I need to do to get to that goal and how I can leverage my own network and my network's network to get to where I want to be. And if I have a goal in mind, I'm going to reach it. It's going to take some time, but I'm going to reach it. Second is relationship building. Since I published my book and since I started my company, I have increasingly grown my network like exponentially. Like for example, me reaching out back to Natalie after five years, that's just like some sort of very small thing that people can do generally, but people don't really do because Everyone knows, you probably relate. You moved to a different country, you moved to a different high school, you moved to a different college, you met so many people along the way. You had your best friend when you were like probably like four or five years old, but you don't really keep in touch with them. But imagine a relationship that you would have had if you kept in touch with all the people that meant something to you or helped you or gave you advice or mentored you throughout your entire life. 
that's an incredibly, incredibly powerful network, but also community that you individually can bring together. So I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to bring people together over a similar cause, leverage myself to connect individuals within my own network to bring power and to empower them to do what they want to do. So those are the two things I definitely learned about myself in this process. You, you really got a lot, of, a lot out of those two weeks. It was the fact that you were able to reach back and even just spending yeah. a week or two, like, uh, you know, if it was five years ago, Natalie would have understood, like, she would have known that what kind of skills you would have picked up, even if it's a very, very short amount of time. And just because you had that viable connection, um, there was another avenue to explore within like biotech entrepreneurship. I think what you said about I got a lot out of those two weeks because I used to travel so much and because I had to operate myself and do a lot of things in a very, very short amount of time. I've become very efficient and make the most out of situations. Like I'm very, very particular with time. I can yoke so much out of so little time. I was talking to one of my housemates and he said that he couldn't do what I do because I just very 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 like for lack of a better word aggressively do things for a very very short period of time and i do it well and i have learned how to not to spend too much time on doing that one thing but do it to the best of my ability it's not going to yep. be a hundred percent it could be 95 percent, and i'd be happy with it so just throwing yourself into a situation and making the best out of the situation is one of the most powerful things that i've learned as well yeah do you learn what type of founder you want to be and sort of like identify this is the type of founder I want to be and then sort of mold yourself according to that or does it just come does it just naturally develop and you have and then you find your own voice so first of all I would want to recommend a book that one of my mentors wrote is called The Entrepreneur's Faces okay she and her husband wrote it The Entrepreneur's Faces How to Make Visionaries and founders I think yeah um it's about how they categorized entrepreneurs as very different things like you can be the technical founder you can be like the outward facing founder you can have all these different skills but entrepreneurs aren't always the one pitching and making money and winning the big prizes they can be so many different things okay so to answer your question i don't you're catching me at a very interesting time because i don't think i understand who i am intrinsically i've gone through so many different processes i've gone through so many different projects i haven't really understood who i am therefore i can't really answer what kind of founder i want to be i since biobutter since publishing the book since trying to launch my own company i have pivoted to venture because i don't know if i can do what i want to do as an entrepreneur right now because i lack the professional experience i lack the education and i lack the capital and the credibility to get me capital so I want to be on the other side of looking glass to understand what it takes to be a successful founder. What do successful founders look like and how they have achieved success by their own definitions. And with that, I want to see if I can go back into entrepreneurship. Maybe I'll stay in venture capital. Maybe I'll go back to entrepreneurship. But as there's a reason why I'm trying to pop the VC bubble, it's because I truly want to understand what makes an individual successful in their own rights. I think this is a good segue into... Um Asking me, uh, I mean, asking me, asking you about uh, your book, Exceptionally Average. Love the title. Thank you. I want to ask you about what inspired you to write this book. To go back to why I named it Exceptionally Average, I've always seen myself as exceptionally average. I'm not the one giving speeches. I'm not the one winning big prizes. I'm not coming first in the race. But by being myself, 
I am very exceptional, but I'm very, very average. If you see me in a crowd, you cannot pick me out, but I can do things by being intrinsically myself. So therefore, exceptionally average. I have absolutely no inspiration for the book. I got into writing the book because when the pandemic started, it completely uprooted my life in Washington, D.C. and brought me home back to my parents in San Francisco, where I have absolutely no friends because I didn't go to school in San Francisco. This Georgetown professor by the name of Eric Koster reached out to me saying, hey, Tian, do you want to be a published author? I thought he was a scam. So I did my research and he turned out not to be a scam. So I thought, why not? Hopped on the call with him and he helped me try to figure out who I am, what I'm passionate about, and what my thesis would be. That was in June of 2020. So as everyone can imagine, nothing was rooted down. Everything was up in the air. So I thought, this is the perfect time to do something new because I had nothing else going on in my life. I wanted to explore what it means to be an entrepreneur and what it means to be a founder. I've always been interested in what it means to be a founder, to create something new, to be creative, but to stand out. But I really didn't know what founders faced in their day-to-day lives. And within an industry of old white men with money, I wanted to know how someone can look like myself with such a diverse background, whose first language isn't English, but still can pass off as native speaker. How can I do something great by being myself? So I interviewed founders from unconventional backgrounds. So women, immigrants, people of color, high school dropouts and college dropouts and to see how they were able to achieve success by being themselves. And what I found was that you could combine your personal passions with your professional aspirations to create meaningful careers through innovation. That inspired me to start my own company because it wouldn't make absolutely no sense for me to write a book about entrepreneurship without being an entrepreneur myself. But yeah, I'd like to ask you about the process of writing and rewriting the book uh, what your daily schedule look like who are your mentors uh, who are you contacting because um, that would have been a crazy process in itself i would say my i didn't have that many mentors at the time i knew that as a young student in college i had absolutely no credibility to publish a book about my own experiences entrepreneurship because i had none So what would make my book stand out is to compile stories from other people who have credibility, who have had success and tell their stories and tell my own stories within that to make the book special. So I wanted to see who I can get in touch with to write the stories about. So I looked at Forbes, I looked at my Georgia network, I looked at incredible entrepreneurs within my local and global sphere. And I found like 25 entrepreneurs who replied to me who have a track record of success. And I interviewed them, telling, asking them about their story, how they were able to succeed. Just like personal anecdotes that everyone can relate to. For example, one girl who was from Brazil, she immigrated away from Brazil to Boston by herself at the age of 16 with a one-way ticket to start her life in America because she knew that she wanted to be an entrepreneur, but being home in Brazil would not give her the best educational or professional opportunities. There was another athlete on the Georgetown football team. He was homeless at six. His father died at 11, but at 18, he managed a full scholarship to Georgetown University. And because of his childhood experiences, he started a nonprofit company to lift 500 families out of poverty in DC to give back to the community that raised him. So these incredibly powerful stories are what is in my book, because I want to showcase that you don't have to be 
the one doing that thing in order to create a difference. So to answer your question, in the daytimes, in the mornings, I will be interviewing um, founders for like one or two hours in the morning. I would use otter.ai to transcribe the conversations so that after the conversations, I can just have a full script of things in front of me and I can just rewrite the stories. And after that, in the afternoons, I will be making the stories fit in into one of the chapters that I've created. And at night, I'm just trying to find people to talk to for the next day and for the next week. So that went on for, I would say, two months. And by August, I had a manuscript that was 5,000 words long. And I was like, okay, I like it. Let me just start marketing this book. Little did I know that's not how the way the world works. So when I was talking to people to market my book, I was trying to pitch myself. I was trying to pitch my book. I was trying to explain to them why I was special. But none of it really, really made sense because I was all over the place. I was trying to do too much. I was trying to like, say too many things. So after talking to 30 people in the new year, I was like, because I had 40 meetings a week just trying to talk to people to sell myself. I thought, okay, let's rewrite the book. So uh, it took me one whole month, so like 31 days, to reread my entire book, come up with a new thesis, structure the stories and the chapters and the book itself to follow the new thesis. And by the time I had done it, even though it took me basically double the time I have, it would take me to write a book, I could publish something that I was proud of and wanted something half-hearted. I'll also put a link. It's uh, a link to the Amazon site where the book is in the show notes uh, as well. Thank you. The last thing I wanted to ask you was, what would you want a high school student to take away from this book and to a grad student to take away from this book? I think something cool is that if you want to penetrate a new industry, write a book. Because you'll be talking to experts. You'll be diving into things you've never done before. You'll be pushing yourself out of the comfort zone and testing the waters out to see if you're really, really passionate about this new industry. Because if you've published a book, everyone would see you as an expert, even though you aren't, but they can see your dedication, your passion, your persistence. And entrepreneurs think authors are so cool. And authors think entrepreneurs are so cool. And regular people think that doing either is so cool. So no matter what you do, you're going to get yourself somewhere. Going back to the title of my book, I think everyone can do anything they want to if they put in a little bit of time. For example, when I was a new student in the United States at a boarding school, I was very much a nobody. The only thing special about me was that I was Australian. And that's not really special because there's 23 other Australians out there in the world. Throughout the four years, I was able to be myself, become the editor-in-chief of both the yearbook, the newsletter, be a captain on the varsity track team, be the president of the school and fly internationally to perform violin in Belize. Like you can do this much. Like when I was a freshman in college, I did absolutely nothing. I thought I was going to fail out of my major, but now I'm going to graduate with my major with an above 3.0 GPA, which is really, really good. Like I never imagined before in a subject that I nearly failed at. And I'm going into venture capital and the industry only hires like a couple of people out of MBA. So hardly anyone straight out of undergrad. But the fact that I can pierce that bubble from where I started off as a freshman, if you put in the time, if you put in the dedication, you can be exceptional in your own right. There's no societally 
accept a definition of exceptional. You can just be exceptionally yourself. Thanks once again to Tian for joining me today. What I found insightful in this episode was hearing Tian talk about how she understands her strengths and weaknesses very well. She mentions that she's never going to be the kid with the best grades in the class, but she's very well aware of her strengths and is able to double down on them, which I believe all of us should do. I believe this episode will be useful to anyone interested in entrepreneurship and writing, regardless of their educational background. Personally, this episode was very useful for me as it inspired me to start writing more. I've always wanted to convert some podcast episodes into blog posts and articles, which could one day maybe become a book. You never know until you try, put in the work, uh, take it step by step, and the sky's the limit. Join me for the next BioBuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by BioBuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.